Welcome to Nice Ashes. I'm Mike. And I'm Nate. What we're are gonna... we smoking today? <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to do something a bit uncomfortable for both of us, but also something we've never done on the show before, which is Mike and I are going to smoke two different cigars. We're going to smoke the worst and the second worst cigar that we've smoked on the show, uh, and we're going to smoke them as tequila cigars. So for some reason, I don't know why, I have a undercrowned shade in the Churchill size. So it's a long one, and I'm going to uh, smoke that tequila style. And uh, Mike, what do you smoke in tequila style? I have a Blood Red Moon, and uh, my cigar is going to be significantly shorter than Nate's, so I'll probably uh, smoke a shrew afterwards. Uh, also, I... Nate has some anxiety about his cigar, but I don't know why. I think that yours is going to be fine. My cigar. Yeah, I don't know. It tasted so one. bad, but yours is really bad too. Oh, this is. I mean, it's been a while since we've had one of these, but it was vile, just completely vile. Yeah. Um, uh, (laughs) Well, I'm going to get mine going, and then I'm going to do the tequila. Uh, For those of you who maybe missed our other tequila episodes, what we do is you you get it all ready to smoke, you light it, and then you take a like a basting brush and you coat it in tequila, and then you dip the cap end into the tequila for no more than three seconds, Uh, any longer than three seconds, and you are left with a Really soggy cigar. Oh, oh, I took the first puffs off my cigar and it's awful. Okay, and I'm wetting the cap of this one and it is just as rancid as the first time. Oh. Are you tequilifying yours now, Mike? I am. Oh, God. And uh, <coughs> I, I forgot the first like half inch is the worst on this stick. <laughs> Why are we doing this? We're trying to prove the power of tequila. And we're both curious if this will work on sticks such as these. Like Mike yes. said, we're we're pretty confident it's going to work on my stick, the Undercrown Shade, but we are not so certain. Wow, this one is just it's just soaking up all the tequila. Um mine is not. Mine's mostly sitting on the surface. Okay, so mine is all tequilified. I'm not going to lie. The first couple puffs after the tequila not too bad. Well, that's interesting. Um, the first couple of puffs after my tequila are also not too bad, but you know what? It's probably 98% tequila, the first couple of puffs. Yeah, I'm getting tequila from the tip in my mouth. So. All right. Well, uh, we'll kind of see. I don't. Yeah. What kind of tequila are you using? Uh, is is uh, Hornitas a brand? Yes, Hornitos or something like that, yeah. So, yeah, it's like, I don't know, 20, 30 bucks for a bottle, so it's not like the cheap tequila. Sure. Uh, I, You know, I don't know. Uh, most of the other sticks uh, sh- showed <laughs> a noticeable improvement, like immediately upon being tequilified. I am not so sure. Mine is is way better. Is it? Yeah, this is not horrible. It's I'm not saying that it's great, but it's not horrible. Yeah, this one is not, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe it's a little bit better, but it's crazy because like this is the first one I've seen where the wrapper is actually kind of discolored and it soaked it in so fast that I I might have to coat this one again. I would, if it starts to taste bad, I would just coat it again. That's my plan. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to coat it until um, it tastes good or I can't feel anything. (laughs) Yeah, I'm uh, making it into the blood red moon and it's fine. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm shocked. I was expecting it to just be wild. 
Yeah, we weren't sure. You know, that was the whole thing. We weren't sure about the flavored uh, flavored sticks and if tequila would actually uh, go with it or not. Well, in de- defense of the Blood Red Moon, there's not a lot of cherry flavor in it. You know, it tastes like yeah, yeah. nothing like the pipe tobacco. It is just wretched. Yeah. Um, I actually have one left in the pack, too. So Okay. Yeah. So I'm I thinking... Um, slip one of and- these to Al. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then he won't know unless he listens. Um, he does listen, I think. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think he listens at work, so he will hear this, but hopefully he'll forget or not care. Yes. I'm, I'm going to well, guess I'm the just gonna. But. I'm going to alternate pretty heavily uh, between my cigar and my drink this evening, as I did last time we smoked the shade. I'm doing a three gingers tonight, so I've got the two gingers with ginger ale. Oh, okay. I'm drinking whiskey sour. Yep. Back to the you normal know, stuff. I think I think this shade so far is moderately better, but it's it's Ooh. not as good as like the Bin Maduro was, or even a Dark Shark was as a tequila cigar. It's still got kind of like the smoke is still kind of like acrid and overly dry. Sure. Or something. So the tequila on mine just dried. The first puff after the tequila dried, it tasted <laughs> like shit again. So I think I'm going to have to add tequila just to the tip. And oh, okay. maybe the wet tequila at the end is what keeps it from being shitty. Possible. Um, possible. Possible. So I'm I'm going to coat it again. Yep. Yep. Uh, the second coating did seem to help mine a bit. Uh, it's still really, really a dry, dry stick, which is weird That's because weird. it's in the same humidor as everything else. But Right. I, I don't know why you have one in your show humidor and I didn't have one in any of mine. But yeah, that doesn't make any sense because I don't I didn't buy any sample packs, I don't think. And it was in my show humidor huh. humidor. Or yeah, like my show humidor. So I know it yeah, came in that, that big Ziploc gallon bag you gave me of uh, full of sticks. Yeah. Because because yeah, I, I cleared out I, I cleared it. out I cleared out one whole humidor and then I dumped that bag you gave me right in there. So Sure. Yes, as did I. I have one of my humidors just for those sticks. Well, not just because I have a couple other sticks in there, but yeah. So interesting. I don't know. I guess this is slightly better. It's not. Uh, I would still rather smoke something else with tequila on it, but if I have the fresh tequila, because I just took another puff after a fresh coating, it's good. Okay. It's like the burning tequila taste does make it tolerable. Yeah. It covers up the rancid flavor. And I think the reason why the Dark Shark and the Bin Maduro were so much better is because at least like the Dark Shark is pleasant. Like it's good cigar. Good yeah, they're enough. not offensive. They're just kind of bland, you know? Right. And the Maduro was bland. It was not offensive. Yeah, I'm just, I'm a little worried about uh, doing my tip again on this because the uh, the end there, the the cap end there seems to be not as firm as the rest of the stick. So Oh, yeah, I wouldn't do it then. Yeah. You could cut so it off. I don't Yeah, I could. Um, you know, but this is we're doing the number 1 and the number 2 worst cigars we've smoked on the show <laughs> as tequila cigars. So, if we make it all the way through them, then uh, hooray, and if we don't, uh, you know, oh well, I guess. Right. I'm not going to cry about it. So, what are we going to talk about today, Nate? Well, we didn't really have a topic, you know, in in mind, in plan. I know quite a few things have kind of like happened um, in the world. You know, I guess basically the United States government was like, yeah, aliens, aliens are real. Yeah. And it's nobody's freaking out about it. Everybody that I've been paying attention to is poo pooing that. Yeah, because um, everybody, I think they went like one step too far, maybe 
Um, because everybody's kind of like, yeah, well, show us the Epstein client list. We don't care about the aliens. Um, that's been kind of like the big thing online is, uh, yeah, aliens, neat, whatever. Show us the Epstein client list. Right. A lot of the, or the best criticism I heard was that if this was legitimate and this guy was a real whistleblower, he would be in jail or on the run. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's probably true. Yeah. Where did, uh... Where did Edward Edward Snowden end up? Russia. Is he still in Russia, even uh-huh. with all this Ukraine stuff? Uh-huh. Okay. I haven't really heard much uh, about him recently. Yeah, he's pretty much on the DL now. So I don't know. Maybe he's being silenced by the Russian government, or he just wants to, you know, keep a low profile. Who knows? Yeah, you f- I feel like the Russian, like, Putin would be kind of, like, trying to pump him for information, or maybe he's in some kind of detainment. Who knows? Right. And I know Julian Assange is in an American jail now. I think he's okay. in an American jail. He might be in English jail, one or the other, but he is in jail. Yes. So. And uh, John McAfee, he, he died, right? Yes. <laughs> Under mysterious circumstances. You mean he committed suicide? Mm-hmm. After he said specifically or explicitly he would never do that. Right. And right. if they did it, and if they did, or the end, if he did commit suicide, heavy air quotes, then it would all but prove that Epstein didn't commit suicide either. <laughs> well, I mean, who would ever question the government, Nate? Nobody, nobody. Aliens are out there, man. It's not that I don't believe. I really want to believe. It's just that it happens to be coming out at the same time as all this tax stuff about the president and yeah. his son being arraigned on various uh, embezzlement and firearms charges. <laughs> yep, yep. So the timing is a bit suspicious. They had Mitch McConnell glitching out there. Yeah, Mitch McConnell glitching out and uh, Diane Feinstein coming back. Yep. And saying really crazy sounding stuff. <laughs> yep. And she was the one who was like, blabbing and somebody leaned over and was like just vote just vote for this or something right yes yeah so yep, of course they're going to release aliens because all the old fucks in the government are are getting to their uh, shelf life let's say oh yeah uh diane feinstein's the same one that was gone for a month and when the reporter asked her what she was doing she's like what are you talking about i was here working the whole time and she was like <laughs> in the hospital for three months or something yeah which it's not fun to laugh at old people who are getting dementia but these are also the people who know but the people the people in public office who made it so that you need to be 35 to even consider running for president and they're 105 and they see nothing wrong with the other end of the spectrum right right and joe biden's not there the oldest president ever (laughs) yep and it shows you know, but it's like, well, why wouldn't you put an end end cap on it? You know, like I would say, I don't know, for me, it's like if you're working, then you're eligible for president. You know, let's say like voting age and working, you're eligible for president. When you retire, you're not eligible for retirement or whatever the national kind of like retirement age is. That should be the kind of the end of your term. Sure. Or like you can finish out your term, but then you can't, you know, like run again next next time. Mm-hmm. Problem with that is that people work. Some people work until they're dead. You yeah, know, I was. But I mean, like you know, but they keep saying like, oh yeah, the national retirement age is is going up to sixty seven or whatever. So whatever that national age is, I mean, you could benchmark it to something. I didn't. I don't mean like 
oh, well, I retired, but I picked up a part-time job just so I could be eligible for president. I mean, like if the national retirement age or when you're eligible to take full social security is 67, then that's when you're not eligible to be president anymore, regardless of if you're working or taking social security. I'm, I'm not trying to like poo-poo that idea. Um, Mike is trying to poo-poo this idea. But if that were the case, you know that they would just raise the retirement age up again and again until they all can stay in office forever. Yeah, but the problem with that is that the old oldest demographic in America votes the most. That's so true. they would have to fight them. And that would actually be something that all these old fucks would care about. You know, like all they, the old voters. They don't old because voters. they always do it so that they don't get disqualified for their retirement. Right. It only hurts. Future yeah, no, I mean, I know. mean, the voters, though, right? Like the, the old voters. So maybe instead of people voting at 68, that the 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 people at like 63 would be the most voting population. Or that's when people would start voting more because they're getting close to that Social Security age. And then they would say, no, I need a candidate who will keep the age low because I want to retire like I'm planning to retire. Like I'm not talking about the politicians, but like the voters in the population, because sure. the old voters don't care about student loans. They're like, oh, I paid mine off. Yeah, because you know they weren't. It wasn't the same. It wasn't predatory lending, and the economy wasn't in the shitter, and so they don't care. They're like, well, they, you know, get a get a second job, and they don't realize that people have three, four, or five jobs to afford where they live and food, and then have to make these crazy student loan payments that keep compounding. Oh, they and, don't care. But, no, of course they don't care, but I mean, you know, like they they would care about keeping the social security age low. So mm -hmm. that might off that might offset. I mean, that's the whole thing is like America is supposed to be kind of a set of of checks and balances, right? So it's pathetic. That's not it's not to say that the politicians wouldn't find a way around it. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know what for example, uh Mitch McConnell, did he have a stroke on TV? He had something on TV. I don't know he what it was. He had something on TV. Yeah. They uh, were uh, it was funny because cuz somebody was like Oh, yeah, it's, uh, Mitch McConnell glitched out just after they announced aliens. So they figured he was like an alien just trying to like process what was happening. Oh, sure. Like, oh, Don't shit, is my disguise. Is, is my, yeah, is my disguise covered? <laughs> Consume. <laughs> Obey. <laughs> Take Viagra. Yes. So I am wetting just the end where the flame is whenever it, it gets sour. And uh, Okay. Is that working? It's, yeah, it's extending it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm doing just the end now too. Um, cause I've been kind of like just doing the whole stick again, but it's getting a little soggy towards the the end by my mouth. So I'm doing just the end, like you said. So I think that's uh, it's it's making it smokable. But like honestly, I shouldn't have to be doing this much tequila on a cigar to make it smokable. You're basically just smoking tequila. <laughs> yeah, well, and I so can still you. get that I mean, we both nastiness are. in my mouth. I can still feel it. You know. Yeah. I've still got that, uh, well, you called it paint thinner, the acetone or paint thinner uh, flavor from this lovely underground uh, shade. And I still get a bit of that, but the more tequila, the less I care. I mean, the less I taste it. So Right. Well, and the fact that they're two different sizes, uh, it wasn't just the box that we got them in, you know? No, it wasn't just the box. It wasn't just the, you know, maybe maybe they spilled uh, fingernail polish remover on the box press that they used for the other. No, it wasn't that. This is how it's intended to taste, I think. Yeah, it's gross. And a 91. How? I have no idea, man. I have no idea. I wonder if those uh, ratings are kind of like J.D. Power and Associates awards. You know? Oh, I was, I was going to say, I wonder if those ratings are kind of like, uh, like our government <laughs> when they get the... <laughs> 
the Supreme Court justices like, uh, <clears throat> yeah, OK, uh, this uh, underground night shade, it's, uh, it's got. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. I just got a million dollars uh, Venmoed to me. Uh, nope. Actually, you know what? This underground night shade is great. It's possible. Yeah. I Yeah. <laughs> well, I wonder how much of this is because uh, isn't there a phenomenon where if you drink something that is perceived as name brand or trendy, you enjoy it more, you yes. know? And so I wonder because this is a Drew estate, you know? If people were like, well, it is a Drew Estate, if that would kind of make them think. But I mean, that's a huge swath of the population to bamboozle. It is, but, you know, like there's always the stories about blind taste testing wine and a 13 bottle or $13 is about the price of a bottle of wine that tastes the best. Something like that. Well, and there were somewhere where they were even putting box wine into these blind taste tests and the, uh, the connoisseurs or whatever couldn't pick the box wine out of the lineup and it's going up against like 200 300 bottles of wine right and it's you know and I, I read like there was some science on that too where your palate just doesn't have enough taste receptors to taste all of the differences that these people are kind of saying that they taste you know it'd be like saying oh yeah i've got perfect night vision as a human being and it's like no you've got the same number of cones and rods as everybody else your night vision isn't any better than, you know, like a coyote's. Right. Yeah, yeah. Do you need a cat, by the way? We have three new cats that showed up at the house today. Little kittens. No, I, I, I saw that. I saw the picture of them, but um, <laughs> no, no, I don't. We, They're very uh, friendly. Yeah, so neighbor, uh, our neighbor Dave, who was a guest on the show, uh, they're moving. They're leaving tonight for new new lands, and they have had some furniture and stuff that they couldn't fit in there in their u-haul and so my sarah was like hey can you go grab those chairs and stuff from them like after we had dinner and everything and i was like yeah i guess i can go grab them so we have like two new chairs and an ottoman i mean it's nice for dave to have offered that stuff but you know at some point it's like i've got enough chairs i don't know how where i'm gonna be sitting in these now but uh, you know it's all good it's all good well as you know i'm in the same boat i have more than enough furniture too much too much furniture Yes. But I just like I have too many cats, but we of course fed them, so now they're hanging out outside, which is fine. Yeah, that was your first mistake. Eh. I'm cool with them sticking around. Yeah. Uh you know but, the first uh, step is they're sticking around outside and then soon they'll just be in the house too, so uh, hopefully they're gone by fall. They won't be. Unless somebody <laughs> who I'm not going to name takes some sort of action to prevent them from coming back around in the fall. Uh, you know, if they were unfriendly, they would not have yeah. been seen by Sarah to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it's one of those things. Have we talked about my uh, air compressor battles on the show yet? I don't think so. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe we did and maybe we didn't if it's a repeat. Uh, for you, the listener, pour yourself some tequila and uh, soon you won't care to hear it again. But uh, I had a big, I don't remember, was it like, a, it must have been like a 12 gallon or something, right, Mike? Air oh, compressor. Like yeah. And uh, it was a big one, you know, wheels and, and, uh, and the whole thing. And it was really, it was honestly more than I needed because I only use it to blow up or uh, inflate car tires and blow up the occasional like inflatable pool every once in a while. So but the deal was it's a 15 amp motor and I've got a 15 amp breaker on the garage, which is where I use it. So Mike was kind enough to explain to me that when a 15 amp motor starts up, uh, it peaks over 15 amps sometimes. 
most of the time, 50-50, I don't know, something like that. So it was tripping the breaker some of the time, not all the time. So I got rid of that, and then I found a real cheap uh, pancake. It's like a four-gallon air compressor. And uh, the but the guy that I got it from was like, oh yeah, it's you know the hose from the the motor to the tank is is leaking, and um, he's like, I just wrapped some wire on the top part of the hose that goes into the outlet um, tube or whatever. Well, I looked at it and I took it off, and it was fuel hose, and fuel hose is rated for fifty psi, and most air compressors go to about three hundred psi, so kind of a mismatch there. So then I thought, well, I'll just go get you know some air hose. So I went and got a foot of air hose because it's a short distance. Uh, but I got, um, what was it? Three eighth you got air the hose. Or... Yeah. I got the wrong size. It was too big. Um, but I got the right size, uh, stem thing to go into the tank. So I screwed that in and then it was the wrong size to go into the outlet tube, uh, from the motor. So then I was like, well, okay. And I was talking to one of my plumber friends, uh, Keith, who hasn't been on the show, but he listens from time to time. He said, get some like high pressure hydraulic hose. So I went to, I don't know, I think Napa and the guy cut me a piece of hose and he fitted and crimped on a real nice thing that goes into the window the tank. But he goes, my crimper, crimping tool won't let me crimp onto the outlet stem of the, uh, the outlet tube, I guess. Right. So uh, he's like, you'll have to do something else there. So then I went in there and there was, I, undid the housing the um the tube is made out of like aluminum or something so it's like super easy to bend or whatever but there is some scuffing on one of the bends inside and when i when i went to move it a little bit it snapped in half and like and sheared off so i'm like okay i mean so i'm only like the cost of the compressor into this so i think it was like 20 bucks because i returned all the other fittings and the napa guy because we were waiting for like 25 minutes. He's like, just take the hose and the fitting. I don't care. It's not a big deal. Um, it was the, the owner or something, right? So he's like, just whatever. You can have it for waiting so long and, and yada, yada. So, but I ordered a new like replacement outlet stem to do. And then I think now I know how to do it, but I have to get this hydraulic hose over that stem. And the hydraulic hose is a little more stiff than an air hose. So I'm trying to figure out if I need to do like a heat gun or hair dryer or something to kind of like loosen the hose up at the end there to get it over or kind of what the best option is. Sure. Uh, you could use air compressor oil and try to slide it on. Air compressor oil? Yeah. I mean, it's such is a Is that like blinker fluid or? Uh, they make it for big air compressors. You're oh, okay. To add it. <laughs> uh, you don't need it for your little tiny air compressor. Yeah. Uh, I wonder, you know, you have to look that up and see. Well, because my mom's husband was like, oh, just just use some dish soap. And I was like, well, maybe. Possibly. I mean, it is a little tiny air compressor, so you shouldn't be that worried about uh, corrosion, you know. No, and it's going to stay inside. Right. Well, it corrodes on the inside from the moisture in the air. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's the real issue. Well, you've had a saga. I haven't heard I know. All of that. Yeah. It's been weird because it's like I just was like, oh, yeah, 20 bucks. Here it is. I can plug it in and go. But he's like, no, it leaks because he didn't because he's like, because I didn't seal it right on the top. And then I found out it was uh, I looked at it. And I'm like, this is a fuel hose. And I'm like, I wonder what the max PSI is on that. And so I'm like, I can't I can't have a 50 PSI rated hose if I'm going to be, you know, like putzing around inflating tires and things. Um, right. Yeah. So that's uh <laughs> I'm waiting for my air compressor to go bad, and then I'll have to buy another one. Okay, yeah. But I'll probably get, you know, I don't know what I'll get. I'll have to get something rated less than 15 amps for sure. I don't want your problems. Yep. But 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think like if you just go and buy it new, like new, but that's a couple hundred bucks for a new one. So, and I don't you know, like I'm not using it to run any air tools, you know, like uh, any nailers or anything like that. So I just need something that works and is cheap. So right. I had mine just. Uh, well, I told you this. I had mine, and it's rated for less than 800 watts, so it can run on the the inverter on my pickup, and it was oh, just yeah, so yeah. I could air up and air down my tires if I had to. Yeah. Now I have a dedicated super small one that runs on an inverter. Okay. Because uh, yeah, I don't want to carry around an air compressor all the time anymore. I don't carry around tools in my truck full time. Yeah. Like I once did. Yes. So. That's like a convenience from for living in Minnesota that you're pretty much guaranteed a gas station every thirty miles, no matter where you're at. Yeah. So as long as you're near nearish a main drag somewhere, you know, major right. highway. Right. But, Even if uh, you're not, there's like a town every ten miles here. I swear to God. Yeah. So and every town usually has a service station. Even if they don't have a service station, they have like a like a like a auto repair like mike's auto repair or something or yeah whatever yeah, it yeah. might be you know like their old rusty sign and yep jim bob's auto yep so yeah 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 the news has been crazy lately too it's i don't know man there's some things that we're not allowed to talk about on the show that's going down <laughs> yeah <laughs> look it up people there's been some studies that have been released <laughs> <laughs> yeah some interesting studies yeah which um so I know we talked on uh, one of the things, and I saw uh, a, a breaking news alert from AP News. So this I feel we can talk about on the show. And it was basically just confirming the stats that we shared on uh, one of our previous episodes, I think either with the Pride Flags or something else, where it's kind of like 7% or less of the population identifies as any one of the LGBTQ+. So it just kind of re- reconfirms that. I don't know if you're talking about some other studies, Mike. Let's just say that there was a study that was forcibly released in Europe, and it showed that some uh, adverse effects that were claimed to be happening from certain things that were government mm-hmm. mandated were recorded in the study at a rate of one in 35, uh, which have made this product ineligible to be sold. But uh Okay. They covered it up. I think I think I know which uh, which product you're talking about there. I think I do too. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, just look up Dr. John Campbell and uh, look at one of his videos that have titled "One in 35. <laughs> and I should add, he is not a sponsor. He is not a sponsor, but he is a professor of medicine uh, who teaches nurses in the UK. So okay, yes. So now, how do you feel about uh, all of that? Were you the one that sent me, or maybe, maybe, maybe I found it on my own? I think this guy was a comedian. Uh, so what I'm about to tell you is all part of an elaborate joke. This is not um, conducive of reality, or indu- is it inducive, conducive, reflective of reality? I guess uh, this is from a comedian, I believe. So it's a joke. What I'm about to say next is he was talking about how he. When the vaccine for something was mandated, or he couldn't go to his favorite pub, uh, he was like, "I went and got the I went and got the thing." And he's like, "I'm not upset that I went and got the thing." Like he wasn't upset that he got the vaccine. What he was upset about was that he got it only because the government said you need to do this or else, right? And so he was kind of like making the parallel of, you know, I used to think like, yes, if I were in uh, Hitler's Germany, I would stand up and say, no, we can't, you know, exterminate all the, the Jews and we can't do all this stuff. But he's like, but this kind of little exercise just kind of proved that 
I probably wouldn't have said anything and I would have gone along with whatever because they basically said like, and he's like, it wasn't even like a life or death thing. It was either you get the vaccine or you can't go drink at your pub for a couple months at your favorite, at your favorite establishment, you know, whatever. And he was like, it was more so that I just like caved to that than anything else. I did not send you that, but I did see that uh, Australian comedian. Did I miss anything from his kind of little... um no, no, no. Spiel? I'd say no. that pretty much, uh, you know, he was just disappointed in himself because he thought that he would be a little tougher. But, you know, yeah. not being able to drink at the pub for three weeks was enough, enough torture for him. And he just bowed, out, yes. bowed down. And he said, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to have to worry about it for the rest of my life, which fortunately will only be three or four more years before I get a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> which isn't true. Uh, the alleged uh, heart issues pretty much emerge right away. And uh will go away if you don't exercise vigorously, yes. which uh, Dr. John Ever or just about. like don't exercise vigorously ever or just like within the first couple of months? It, it's, there's a protocol. It's like a month or two. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. I was kind yeah, of hoping yeah. it was ever because then I could just say like, ah, yeah, no, I, mm, I can't. I can't exercise. Uh, not that I exercise anyway, but it'd be nice to have kind of like a get out of exercise free card in my pocket. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. I'll just say you're too tall. Too tall to exercise hard. It's bad on my joints. Yeah, yeah. Well, it actually kind of is because most of the workout equipment isn't designed for my proportions. So, I, oh, you right. know, I had to buy like an extra tall bicycle frame to even go biking without, you know, injuring myself, I guess. Right. Well, like I listened to Joe Rogan interviewing Ric Flair and he said that for all the years that he wrestled, he just basically used body weight training and uh, yeah. that's how he kept in shape. So... I, I'm going to start doing that. I have to start doing that uh, just so I don't start to degenerate as I get older. Yeah. But yeah, that's what he said. He's like, yeah, I did 500 squats, 500 pushups, 500 sit-ups, and 500 leg lifts every day. Okay. And uh, that's all I did. But I did it every day, yep. right away in the morning. Yeah. I used to do that. Not 500 of them, but I used to like, I would try and do it in the morning before I showered, you know, like do some leg lifts and squats and pushups and things, but... I don't know. I, I should get back into it too. Yeah, you just got to make the time and not stay up too late during the week. Yeah. Well, and, and if you make it a routine, like it's what, like four weeks. If you can do it for four weeks, it's almost like ingrained in you then. Right. Yeah. And I'm not doing there's, crazy there's hours some time frame. anymore. So yeah. I need to stop making excuses. You know, when I was working, I would get up at three in the morning, work out, leave at five, get back home at six or seven. And then one or two days a week, I had class until 11 at night. Yeah. And I would still wake up at three in the morning the next day and work out. <laughs> it's like now I can't do that and I'm only working eight hours a day. What a wuss, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it gets different. Uh, I wanted to do a quick cigar check because I feel like I'm over the halfway mark. Uh, well, this was a Churchill, so I don't know. I could be almost, I could be closing in on three quarters done. But um, it's starting, and I've been applying uh, tequila throughout just near the tip. But when I hit kind of this like three quarter or, you know, somewhere between a half and three quarter, cause I'm not quite at the three quarters done mark. The tequila is not helping anymore. Really? Which is weird because it should, I'm closer to the tequila now and uh, it should be, should be helping. I'm going to try and recoat the whole thing. I'm not going to dip it again, but I'm just going to try and recoat the whole thing and see if that kind of helps. Uh, how's your stick holding up, Mike? I'm over halfway and the tequila is helping. Um, okay. I will say that, that grossness, I'm still getting the grossness, but there's a top note that's pretty good. Okay. Uh, so it's making it viable. Yeah. 
Now it's just gas station bad. Yeah. Mine is getting to that gas station bad uh, point. And, and after soaking it now with uh, tequila again, it's just not good. But, you know, sometimes, and we've talked about this too, like the longer sticks sometimes, like towards the end, right? Like that last quarter or- th- Yeah, they can get sour. Th- three eighths or whatever. So it, maybe it's just too much to compete with for the te- for the tequila, but- uh, yeah, now I'm now I have like an inch and a half, maybe inch and three quarters left, and it's just ashy. Yeah. So it's not vile, it's just not good. No. Which is a vast improvement because I don't know if we even made it halfway through the stick initially. So. Yeah, I can't remember. I know we both uh, despised it uh, quite passionately. So Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah I uh, and it's probably too early to call it, but you know, I think if maybe if you had the shorter shade, like the regular size shade. Uh, you could do it as a tequila cigar, but I think if you're not a tequila drinker and you don't have it at home, there's not much reason to go and buy an Undercrown Shade plus a bottle of tequila just so you can try and make this stick smokable. You're better off taking all that money and buying anything else other than a cult Blood Red Moon. Right, right. I would say, uh, well, I wonder how many of our listeners have a bar at home. I bet a lot do. Because uh, I keep. If bottles. you do, invite us. Yes, yes. Because I keep a bar at home, and of course I have tequila. Uh, yes. I just bought another bottle today, actually. Okay. Because it's relatively seasonal uh, at Costco, yes. and I was at Costco, so I bought another bottle. There you go. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I want to tell you, since we're talking about bar stuff, I had these phenomenal olives on a. Uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Do you know what I'm going to say, Mike? Bloody Mary. No, no. Uh, I had these olives on a charcuterie board, of all things. <laughs> I mean, right? Like, I'm from Wisconsin, so I'm used to just, like, grabbing a block of cheese out of the fridge and, like, slicing some some chunks off and just cramming it in my face full. And sometimes throughout the day, if I need a little pick-me-up, I, like, grab a bag of shredded cheese and just, like, pop a handful in my mouth. But, you know, the charcuterie board thing, I, it's fine. I'm not really... Like, if somebody has one, I'll eat off of it, but it's not really something that I want to sit down and prepare and make, and it's more presentation than other stuff. Um, but, you know, I like them. But anyway, these olives were stuffed with uh, peppers and garlic, these green olives. So mm-hmm. they're... Where from? Uh, I'm not sure. I thought they were going to be, because everything else we were eating was from Trader Joe's. So I thought they were a Trader Joe's thing, but they're not. It's a different brand. I'll have to look at the jar. But you know what I did with it? Because we had some left over. I went and made myself a dry vodka martini and plopped some of those in there, and it was fantastic. I had that while I was grilling burgers tonight. Nice. Very nice. I like a good martini. Yeah, and it was different because uh, it wasn't it wasn't like a spicy martini, but there's a tinge of the, the spice from the olive, the peppers in the olive. And uh, it was just kind of a nice little different uh, different take on the, the martini there. So Heck yeah. I like dirty martinis. Yeah, I debated. I was debating uh, pouring a little bit of that olive juice in there, and that would have made it spicier for sure, but figured to try it uh, try it neat the first time. So Yeah, yeah. So I can say, or I conclude that if you happen to buy some cigars that are bad and you don't want to throw them away, you could put tequila on them and make them smokable. Yeah. I, I, would, I would say the addendum... To whether or not is it is a worthwhile endeavor or not is what don't you like about the cigar? If it's bland and underwhelming, tequila all the way. If it tastes like paint thinner or ass or whatever the fuck Blood Red Moon was trying to do, um, it <laughs> probably isn't really worth it unless you just want to kind of experiment 
Um, and you're better off probably just throwing those sticks out or giving them to some unsuspecting person. That would be cruel and unusual. Yeah, unless they were a politician. Oh, right. I, I think I am going to give one of these blood red moons to Al because he doesn't taste anything, uh, seemingly. And well, and he said, and he said that. So this is not cruel. This is what we're doing with this episode. It's scientific research, right? We wanted right. to know with this episode if tequila could fix the the shade or the blood red moon, uh, and the answer is kind of. And if Al has challenged you by saying he can't taste anything, then it's almost our scientific due diligence to prove it. Right. I'm getting towards the last inch of my cigar, and it's not bad. But I've also okay. layered on a lot of tequila over the course <laughs> of the cigar. Yeah. And I've dipped it twice. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I've dipped mine twice, and I've been, uh, I don't know, every couple puffs I'm putting more on. And, and now towards the end, uh, it seems no amount of tequila is, is fixing what's going on. So really, I would say, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, is it better than the last time smoking it without tequila? marginally, but it's still no like, wow, this tequila really made this cigar pop, you know? So it's still a bad, it's still a bad stick. It's still a stick I don't enjoy. I just happen to enjoy it slightly more with the tequila on it, but not enough to say, oh, if you got a box of these, let's grab some tequila and smoke through them. Like that's not, that's not going to happen. Right. It's not like, like you say, the Dark Shark uh, Odyssey. I have some Odysseys. That are underwhelming. Yep. I'm not sure if we've smoked one of those on the show yet. We're going to. I don't know. I don't know if we smoked one. I smoked one, and that was the one I was trying to remember the other episode. I was like, oh, what was that one you gave me a bunch of? And uh, you gave yeah, me a bunch Odyssey. of those Odysseys. And I think I think I didn't mind it. Like, it was fine. Um, yeah, they're not bad. They're they're not yeah. great, but um, oh. it's not a Rocky Patel Fuma. But they cost twice as nope. much, so they're still dirt cheap. It is true. They, they do cost twice as much. So... That extra dollar a stick makes a big difference. Yep. I don't know. I was really impressed with the La Gloria Cubanos that we had recently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're good. So. They're good. We got more Rocky Patels for the show, too. So. Yeah. And you can get a couple of those La Gloria Cubanos uh, for the cost of a Undercrown Shade plus a bottle of tequila. So if you take your tequila and Undercrown Shade money and put it towards a La Gloria Cubana, better investment in my book. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think that they cost about the same stick per stick. So. Okay. So you can still get your tequila then. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. And I've been tempted to try tequila on uh, Allegoria Cubana just because they're already good, you know? Yeah. Um, have, I don't think we have. We haven't tried a tequila on a good cigar, have we? No. No, we haven't. No, we haven't. I'm officially done. It got hot. Okay. On my fingies. That sounds good. I am going to be officially done as well because my tongue is getting a very sour, just like last time we did the shade. So I've got maybe two inches left on this one. So it's a put it out kind of situation. Yeah. So before we go, I want to talk about the aliens again because we didn't discuss it. Do you think that they really have found aliens or do you think it's a government just trying to get uh, they have provided no proof. It's just the word of quote unquote whistleblowers. Yeah, I think that I think it's it might actually be both. I think that they might have found aliens. I don't know that they have found any living aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that they're not going to share the details with everybody. And I think they were hoping that the whistleblowers' comments 
would just kind of be taken at face value and everybody would kind of freak out a little bit. And then they could come back in and do damage control, right? But I don't think that their distraction worked how they wanted it to work, whether there's whether there's some truth in their distraction or not. And, you know, like I said, if anybody would have it, it would be probably our government, right? Right. Scientifically, I think, or statistically speaking, there's probably has to be some sort of life out there. But when they're, and I didn't read what the whistleblower said, but for all we know, the United States government could have a uh, bacterial life form thing, right? Like in a Petri dish and it came on an asteroid or whatever, and it didn't actually fly here in a UFO or, or whatever. And like, it's not of our world, but it's not really enough to say, hey, we found like alien, like, is it alien life? I mean, technically, but it's not like gray men, like a lot of people want. So, you know, for all we know, yeah, they have something, but I don't think unless things get really bad, and I'm talking like another another time in, in the world's history where the income disparity was as such as it is today, I don't remember what happened uh, in that country when, when that happened there. Uh, but if it got that bad, right, if people are stocking up on two by fours, then, <laughs> then they would probably release something else or they would uh, fabricate something else. You know, um, one of the things... We watched, uh, my Sarah maybe watched, and we talked about this on like the Alien episode, watched, I can't remember what the guy's name was, but he was, one of the people on his show was saying basically that the United States government or the military has the technology to fake an alien invasion that would be believable to the average citizen. So we don't even need to necessarily have actual alien life forms or proof. Like they, they have the technology to fake it for the average citizen. So I think they were hoping to just kind of like, cause a bit of a panic, not enough to tank the stock market, not enough to do any of that stuff, but just enough to get everybody to stop thinking from the Epstein thing, right? And and for whatever reason, this this whole Epstein thing is persistent. It's a persistent story, which is very rare in our society today where it's about 2 weeks is the length the average lifespan of some big news shocking revelation thing, right? And this Epstein thing keeps coming back and people are like, well, look, you've got Ghislaine Maxwell in prison. You've, you've, Epstein is dead. You've got all these files and stuff. And like, who else was there? Like, let's get these people. And uh, for whatever reason, that's kind of stuck in the societal consciousness. And even, even aliens isn't, isn't enough to shake, shake people's focus on it, which I think is fascinating, honestly. It's fascinating. <laughs> so I guess we'll see. It makes sense because. It's vile, and everybody who's thinking about it is aware that more or less all the politicians and public figures are involved. Yeah, that's the whole thing, is we know who was there. We have a, a suspicion of who was there. We have really strong feelings of who was there, and all of those are probably correct. But there's been no accountability from those people that we know, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, that we know were there. Trump, um, you know, Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Uh, we know these people were there. These people have pictures with these people as if they're buddy buddy. You know, it's not the staged like press photo op. These are like buddy buddy pictures. You know, the fact that none of these people who have then gone on the record and said, "Oh, I didn't know Epstein or what he did was deplorable," and it's like, "Well, you were there, man. Like, there's your picture right there." So, like, none of those people have been held accountable. No, most people want them to be held accountable. Uh, yeah. And right now we, 
more or less know that it's not going to happen. Not unless something serious. There's going to have to be another whistleblower and there'll be somebody else on the run from the government, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it would have to be Snowden levels of whistleblowing. Right. Yeah. And now that Julian Assange is under wraps, there's less access to that yeah. than ever, uh, crazily enough. But it'll happen. What do you think, Mike? Do you think they have actual alien bodies? Well, and this is, of course, from memory. I haven't looked it up. I seem to remember that they found asteroids that had blockchain amino acids in them. Okay. So I think that they've verified that at least the precursors to life have been found that are extraterrestrial. Okay. Uh, I don't know if they found actual bodies of non-human origin or non-Earth origin. Yeah. Uh, I was. I heard a story that is supposed to be legitimate that the Soviet Union modified human beings and crash landed them in the United States to try to freak out the Americans. Okay. Uh, and that was interesting. I Yeah. In the modern world, I think it'd be very difficult to keep something like that under wraps. It's kind of like uh, Sasquatch, you know? Every time yeah. that there's a Sasquatch sighting and they have remains and they test it and it's like a bear with mange or something, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's very unlikely. Um, yeah, I think, you know, and that's why I said like the bacteria, but like the amino acids is, it, you know, if they do with something small, like microscopically small, that wouldn't necessarily flat out prove prove, but it would give you enough to say, yeah, there's something out there. Right. Yeah. And it's like not a coincidence that all these sightings happen near military bases. Of yeah. course, they're doing some experimental stuff at these remote military bases. Um, yeah. That's their function. You know, uh, I'm sure you remember... Years back in the middle stage of the internet, that there was all this FEMA death camp talk, and they showed all these oh, military yeah. bases that had barbed wire fences facing in, and they had smokestacks, and they had all this stuff that they were saying were like going to be used by FEMA to kill off Americans. And basically, oh, yeah. there's taking pictures of military bases that have secret programs. And they're generating power independently of the grid, basically. You know, like yeah. they're taking pictures of these smokestacks. It's like, yeah, they have their own power plant there because they're doing secret testing. <laughs> like, of yep. course. And they took a picture of one that I asked somebody in the know about. And it was a nuclear test facility that wasn't officially a nuclear test facility. Okay. And it's like, well, yeah, of course they have all this crazy security around it. They are doing nuclear testing there and they're not officially doing that. You know, yeah. it's like the $1,500 toilet seat phenomenon in the military budget that everybody gets upset about. It's like, well, all that <laughs> is, is money that they're funneling to secret programs. You know, that's yeah. not a $1,500 toilet seat. No, There's a but, real but it has to be accounted seat. for somewhere. It has to be accounted for somewhere. And they did need a toilet seat. So that toilet seat just went to 1500 bucks, you know, or a $1,500 hammer. It's like, well, there's a real hammer and it did not cost 1500 bucks. Probably cost 15 bucks or whatever. Yeah. And the rest is going to the CIA or something like that because those agencies' budgets are black budgets. They're not publicly available. So they have to hide it somewhere. Nor should they really be, I guess, you know? There's an argument to be made that they should not be. And there's an argument to be made that uh, military R&D should be somewhat under wraps. Yeah. Um, I'm not necessarily saying there shouldn't be. No, and, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't know what your government's doing either, but I mean, at, at some level, there is uh, there are other countries out there who don't like us, so. Oh, for sure. But at the same time, you know, 
$17 million magically showed up into the president's bank account and he didn't pay taxes on it, which is why it became a problem. And the yeah. fact that this came from China, Ukraine, and now I can't remember the other country, <laughs> but foreign nationals, it's like, well, of course, yeah. that's a problem, isn't it? You One know? would think, but uh, don't pay attention to that. There's aliens. Exactly. Exactly. So they don't want you to think about that. Nope. Uh, and we don't want you to think about that either. We want you to think about saving your money and your tequila for not these cigars. Save them for something else. Save them for something else. Yeah. It did make them better. It did make them better. Yep. If only slightly, but still, it still worked. So we can right. still believe in the miracle of tequila. All right. I think that's a wrap for us. Be safe. Have fun. That's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.